All right. <clears throat> Thank you, Lord. Hey, if you want to open your Bibles to Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, we're going to start in verse 1. been kind of kind of on the theme of uh, our adoption and our inheritance as children of God. Uh, last week we talked about declaring the praises of God, just uh, basically what it means to how how we how we talk as a member of the family of God. Uh, it starts with praise. It starts with remembering Him. It starts with uh, passing that on to the next generation, declaring the goodness of God, declaring the greatness of God, declaring. Uh, the testimony of the Lord uh, that I will declare that your love stands firm forever and uh, Psalm 89 and uh, 1 Peter 2.9 where uh, it talks about our identity that we've been called out of darkness uh, we've been royal royal priesthood a people belonging to God that we may so you are that you may if you're a child of God you are that you may and so today we're going to look at another uh, may part here. You are that you, that you may. And so Colossians 3 and verse 1. Uh, Lord, I just invite you to open the scriptures even as we read it right now. In the name of Jesus, amen. It says, since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with Him in glory. I think I'll have verse 3 up there. Sorry, Coop. Um, I just kept reading. Couldn't stop. And so after that, it just says, Hey, put to death all this stuff. Get rid of all... The stuff that doesn't belong in heaven, summarizing here, and then put on all the stuff that does belong in heaven. So you put off and you put on. You are that you may. And so here's the deal. It does say that we died. Not physically, obviously, because I'm still breathing. I don't know about you, but I'm still breathing. But it says, you died. It's talking to believers. If you're a believer in Jesus, if you're a child of God, if you've given your heart to Him, it says, since then you've been raised with Christ, but for you died and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. So there's, there's this part of us where, we're, where there can be a struggle where we're like, well, I just got to get rid of the old me. Well, the old you is gone. You have to believe that though. The reality is that old you is dead. You don't, have to, you don't have to kill it again. It's gone. It's, it's already been done. Just like Jesus already went in the grave, your old self has already been in the grave. Now, if you believe you've got an old self, you know, you want to drag around a dead body. Anybody want to drag around a dead body? No. I do not want to drag around 
anything spiritually dead in my life. I don't want to drag around the old me and like, hey, is that thing still going? I've got to fight off this thing. No, you know, we get, we get stuck fighting a battle that's already been won. So if the old you is dead, then just consider yourself dead to that and alive to God. And so what it talks about here, it says, since that's happened, since you've been raised with Christ, hey, guess what? Think like heaven. Begin to think like heaven. Philippians 3 uh, says this. Philippians 3 and verse 17. It's just one page over in my Bible. Maybe one or two pages over. And it says this. Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. For as I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears, many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. Their destiny is destruction, their God is their stomach or their belly, and their glory is in their shame. Their mind is on what? Earthly things. But, there's, a, there's always a reason why there's a but there, but our citizenship... But our citizenship is in heaven. And we eagerly await a Savior from there, the Lord Jesus Christ, who by the power that enables to bring everything under His control will transform our lowly bodies so that they will be like His glorious body. And so here's the deal. It talks about our citizenship. Now last night my, uh, I had a little discussion with my son about citizenship. Because we were reading in the book of Acts. We're read, I'm reading through the Bible with him. And we're in Acts right now. Acts 20, 23, I think, or 24. And there's, there's a passage where, where, where Paul is, is in front of a crowd and they're crying out, Kill him! Throw him! And so they arrest him. And so they, they're going to they're gonna beat him. They're going to they're gonna take out a whip and, and flog him. And so they kind of stretch him out. And he says, he says, Hey, is it alright for you to... to to whip a Roman citizen before they've been found guilty, and the soldier immediately stops. And so we had a little discussion about Roman citizenship, because there were certain benefits to being a Roman citizen, uh, and Paul was born a Roman citizen. And I explained to my son, hey, I'm a U.S. citizen, and because I'm a U.S. citizen, and you were born to me, you are now, you're automatically a U.S. citizen. And so you're born into it. You are born with a certain rights. And so... Here, Paul is talking about our citizenship. He says, hey, look, you're, you're now, you've been born. You, when, you're, when you become a believer in Jesus, what happens? You're, you're born again, right? You're, you're born from above is, is the literal term there in the book of John. But, uh, you know, so you've been born and you're now a citizen of heaven. So you're a representative. You, you have certain rights because you belong to heaven. And so Paul is saying, hey, look, because you belong to heaven, you get to act like a citizen of heaven. You get to live as a representative of heaven. You get to, you get to think like heaven. Now, here's the deal. What doesn't happen automatically is my mind does not automatically become heavenly. Have you noticed that? I'm still noticing it. So that's why we're still preaching about it. I've heard messages on thinking before, thinking about things above, but I need one again apparently, or you do, or something. <laughs> I need to think differently. Because when I think differently, 
I speak differently. When I think differently, I live differently. Because when I become a believer in Jesus, my soul is not immediately changed. My spirit is totally new. Did you know you have three parts to your body? Body, soul, and spirit. Your soul, it, your spirit is the spiritual part of your being. Where You know, it's talking about, you know, where when you become a believer in Jesus, it says the very presence of God, the Holy Spirit comes and dwells in you. That's in your spirit. So you're, you're, the old is gone and the new has come. You become a new person right away. You're new. Now here's the deal. You've got your soul. Your soul is your mind, your emotions, and your will. And so those three things are not changed yet. They get to be changed day by day as you walk with Jesus. You know, in Romans 8, we talked about a couple weeks ago, if you were here, we talked about adoption as sons. Uh, Ashley talked about, you know, being free from the orphan spirit and our adoption as sons and daughters in, in, in the kingdom. And so we've been chosen into that. And then it says, hey, you've been doing that. And so now you're going to be conformed to the image of Jesus because Jesus wants everyone to see what people of heaven look like so that more people go there. I mean, have you ever heard somebody comment about, well, I, I, I like God, but I don't like Christians. Right? Now, sometimes people are making stuff up and they just, they're just resistant to God. I understand that. But sometimes, you know what? They've run into Christians like, if that's in heaven, I don't want to be there. <laughs> right? You're like, if that's what heaven looks like then count me out. You know, I'll, I'll make do. I'll somehow make it. I don't, whatever. You know, and so the idea is we get to be the citizens of heaven where everyone wants to be a citizen of heaven. You know, there are a lot of people that, that want to get into the United States. I'm not going to try to get political here and talk about immigration. And No, whoo, don't want to get on that at all. Um, don't want to tread anything on that. But here's the deal. There's a lot of people that want to get into the United States of America and get the benefits that we have in this country. Why is that? Because they've heard about it. They've seen it on the Internet or TV or whatever. Somehow there's been word that's got, hey, things are different if you can just get there. There's an opportunity. Look, hey, we're still the land of opportunity. I understand we've fallen down some notches from where we were in the past. Uh, before, when I was a small child or before I was born, some of you have seen it change drastically in our country. But let me, let me tell you, compared to all the other nations on the earth, we've got a whole lot of blessings still. We've got a whole lot of freedom still. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that we, we take for granted that uh, in other nations they don't have. And so there's certain rights we have. And so people are drawn to that because they want, they want something more. And I believe really at the foundation of our country, there was a lot of strong believers. And they, they, put, the, they put the scriptural, biblical principles into the, into the freedom, into the, into, the, into the rights, into the, you know, they, they missed it on a few things for sure. They weren't perfect. Uh, but there was a certain core beliefs that were there that were godly. And so there's a reason that people are attracted to our nation. There's also a reason that we're hated. Uh, and so the same thing happens with us as citizens of heaven. I want people to be drawn to him, to heaven. 
But if I have my heart and my mind set on earthly things and I run into someone, they're going to be like, I already got that, man. I already have that. Why, should, why do I need to believe what you believe? Why do I need what you have if it's the same thing as me? If you're totally focused on earth, if you're totally into whatever's going on, uh, if you're, you know, this is your passion, this is your, you're totally right now. It's, it's difficult. But as a citizen of heaven, it says, set your mind. Hey, you've, you've died. Set your mind on things above. You've been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above. Philippians 4 and 18, or, excuse me, 4 and verse 8 says this, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable, admirable if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, Think about such things. Hey, it's a little good test here. It's called the thinking test right here. Okay? Look at some of the things you're thinking about later in the week and just put it on Philippians 4.8. Just like if you get stuck in a thought pattern that you know is not good and you're like, or, or you're questioning, hey, should I be thinking about this? Hey, just read Philippians 4.8 and go, does it fit in this grid? Is it excellent? Is it praiseworthy? Is it admirable? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it, is it uh, noble? Man. I've got to change my mind a little bit here. I need to have my mind renewed. I need to have my mind changed. I need to have my, my thoughts changed. If you go back in Philippians, it says... Uh, Philippians 3, that scripture we read before, it talked about those who, who don't know the Lord, the enemies of the cross of Christ, those who haven't come to Jesus yet. It says their, their God is their, their stomach or their belly. You know, in other words, their life is determined by their physical passions. You know, whether that's food, whether that's sex, whether that's comfort, uh, Whatever their physical self is, is craving, whether that's, uh, I don't know, what, anything that would, that would excite yourself physically, anything that would, would get you going physically, they are controlled. They're, it says their God is their stomach. In other words, the one who leads them is their emotions or their passions or their desires, what they want. And here's the deal. That means if their God is their stomach, that means my belly or my passions or my desires can't be my God. Because that, and that's part of my soul, my desires, my longings. And so those things need to be changed. Have you, have you noticed that when you don't put spiritual stuff into you, you become less spiritually hungry? I mean, it's really strange. It's really interesting. Just... I was talking with someone else, uh, had lunch with somebody on Friday, and they were talking about, yeah, I've been trying to, in my car, I'm trying to listen to worship music or listen to someone preaching or teaching the Word of God. And they said this, it makes a big difference in my week. Why? Because when you get something spiritual into your spirit, it, it, it brings life to you. And then it begins to affect your soul. It begins to affect the way you think. It begins to affect the things that you desire. It begins to affect your emotions, how you're feeling. 
And then you're no longer ruled by those things anymore. Because before, that's your ruler. And now you have to transfer rulership to the Holy Spirit who is inside of you, leading you. Here's the deal. He's not a dictator. I mean, that's a good thing. And sometimes you're thinking, is that a bad thing? Wouldn't you like the Holy Spirit just to go, ah! God, why did you stop me from doing that? He said, I said something. I tried. He's not going to force us. He's not going to make it happen. He's not going to do it for us. He doesn't want robots. He doesn't want babies. He wants a family. He wants, he wants children, grown and mature children of God that can represent Jesus, that can spread the life of Jesus, that can think like heaven, that can speak like heaven, that can release heaven, that people are drawn to heaven. So you need to think like heaven. Because you're a citizen of heaven. You know, when, when you go to another country, most countries will be able to recognize if you're a citizen of the United States. Notice I didn't say Americans, because there's South Americans, Central Americans, and North Americans. Some countries you'll go to, you'll find out that you're not an American. They are too. So, citizens of the United States. And if you go to Europe, they'll pick you out of a crowd anywhere. Isn't that true? Those of you who have been to Europe, it's true, right? They know right away. I said American, sorry. <laughs> they'll, they'll call you Americans in Europe, okay? Not in South and Central America. So they'll say, oh, we know where you're from. Why is that? Because we talk a certain way and we act a certain way. We're like, that's a, someone from the United States of America. I can tell them a mile away. They can pick them out in Europe. I'm, I'm telling you. Because there's a distinctness about our citizenship. And so the same th way is Jesus is like, hey, look, I want people to be able to pick you out and say, I, I know that one right there. Look at the way they talk. Look at the way they act. That's a citizen of heaven. They're not from around here. And when I first moved to Midland, you all knew, I'm not from around here, am I? <laughs> You're like, we need to teach this boy some, some stuff. He grew up in, in L.A., Los Angeles, California. Okay, and there's some stuff I've learned and maybe some stuff I didn't need to learn. But <clears throat> it's different because you can tell where you're from. And so Paul is just saying the same thing. Hey, look, hey, look, our citizenship is in heaven. We belong somewhere else. You know, set your mind on things above. Set your heart on things above. Look, that old person is dead. You don't have to go back there. You don't have to revisit it. You don't have to fight that thing off. Believe that you're new. Believe that you're changed. Start thinking like it, and you'll start acting like it, and then you'll start speaking like it. Because we also get to talk like heaven. And we talked a little bit about that last week. I think part of the way we talk like heaven is we declare the praises of God. What's going on right now in heaven is worship. Is Whenever we get a glimpse of heaven in Scripture, there is people praising God. There is, there is angels that can't not stop. They cannot stop praising God because it's the language of heaven is praise. Ephesians 4 says this, do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouths, but only, only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs, that it may benefit those 
who listen and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Just like someone else can recognize my speech and say, hey, you're from the south or you're from this place or you're from, uh, from, from this place over here. Or when I was from California, you might say, oh, you have an accent from California. I'm like, no, we don't have an accent in California. What are you talking about? And so I still don't know if we do or not, but I've got a little bit more of a Texas one. I do say y'all. And so we, there's a certain way that we talk. And so Paul says, hey, don't let anything unwholesome come out of your mouth because, look, you're supposed to talk like heaven. You're supposed to speak like heaven. Only what is helpful for building others up. That's a good grid, too. It's called the, the word test. Will this build someone else up and do they need it? It says, according to their needs. Most of the time when I'm talking, what am I doing? I'm thinking about my needs, what I need to say. What, what's, what I want to get out, right? But here it says, hey, don't let anything unwholesome come out of your mouth. Talk according to their needs. Well, you've got to think differently to do that first, right? So you gotta be, when you're thinking like heaven, then you have the opportunity to talk like heaven. Because then people will see, hey, you talk like someone from somewhere else. That's not the way other people talk because you're, you're always building someone up. Have you ever met someone that's just so encouraging that it's just, you just, you're like, please be with me <laughs> a lot more? It's because when you're being built up by someone's language, that's like, that's what happens in heaven. That's what happens when the Holy Spirit's talking to us. You know, what does it say that he, you know, we are built up, uh, our faith is built up in the Holy Spirit when we pray in the Spirit, you know, that we're being built up. And so here's the deal. We get to join in that language of heaven. There's not just the language of praise, there's the language of lifting up. You know, just as when we, when we declare with God, we declare the things in the past. When I declare over someone else, I'm declaring the future. You get that? Let me say it again. When we are declaring over God, we're declaring the present and the past. In other words, God, you've been faithful. God, you, you've been good. You have, done, you have rescued me from this. You have done this. You answered this prayer. You, you, you saved me from this, God. You had mercy on me because of this. And right now, you're doing so many good things. I'm praising you. I'm worshiping you. I'm believing in you. When, but when I come to someone else, I don't go to the past. Because I want to declare their future in God. I want to build them up. I want to speak life. I want to prophesy. I want, I want what's, what, you know, and here's the deal. It's easy to go, what do we go to and write? Well, you said, you did, you, you, where are we going? <laughs> it's, it's the past. And see, if I'm going to declare and speak over someone's life, over their past, how are they ever going to get to their future? Because God's declaration over a life is the future and hope that are in Him. Not the destruction and foolishness from the past. I don't need somebody to remind me. Now, I need somebody to confront me. If I'm in foolishness right now, then please tell me, stop that foolishness, right? You're like, I don't know if I want that. <laughs> so you're like, uh, I'm not shaking my head. <laughs> I'm not going to say yes to that. So... But most of the time, what I need is declare my future in God. I want to build you up. 
Do not let any, anything that doesn't build someone up can be unwholesome. I mean, sure, it's talking about cussing, but stopping cussing is, I think, is easy. I didn't start. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't talk about myself. I hardly ever cussed. Um, <clears throat> but here's the deal. That, that's easy, but not tearing someone down with my words, I think that's, that's a whole lot more difficult. Because it's not just saying, okay, I can't say these six words or how many ever words I'm not supposed to say. You put them on the list. They're, they start with one letter and that's all you say about them now, right? And so I'm not going to say these words. But hey, if I have, if it's like, oh man, that's bringing you down. That's pointing you to your past. That's saying, hey, you did this, you know, bringing up what I've already supposedly forgiven. And that can help a lot in your marriage. By the way, yeah, I've been married for uh, a number of years now. Just kidding. Just kidding. <laughs> I know exactly how long I've been married. 13 years and a few months. And uh, <clears throat> I've made a lot of mistakes. And I am thankful that Ashley is not the one to bring up all of those things in the past. Ashley has made a few mistakes. And I still sometimes bring them <laughs> I don't know what the problem is there. There's an issue there that I need to deal with. But here's the deal. It's like it's going to do no good for me to bring up what doesn't build up. If it doesn't build up, don't bring it up. That's good right there. Just take that with you and that's the good sermon right there. (laughs) Philippians 2 says this, we get to talk like heaven, we're thinking like heaven, we're talking like heaven. Here's another way we get to talk like heaven. Do everything without complaining or arguing. <clears throat> Let me read that one again. Because <laughs> I, I thought it said something, it may not have said that. Okay, Do everything without complaining or arguing. Get this, here's the deal, it's not, there's a reason for this. I love this. So that you may become blameless and pure children of God without fault in a crooked and depraved generation in which you shine like stars in the universe. I mean, do you get, do you get the point there of, of the draw to heaven, of the shining, of the, of the citizenship, of the, of the you're a new person, of, of hey, this is attractive, this is drawing someone to Jesus rather than pushing them away? One of the ways we do that is to do everything without complaining or arguing. That includes social media. I mean, you're like, I don't do it with my mouth. I just type it on my phone or my computer and I complain. Hey, did you know about... I mean, how much of the stuff on the Internet is complaining about something? Or arguing. <laughs> I mean, I like, you've got to argue sometimes, right? How are people going to know what's right if I don't argue with them? <laughs> the Bible says this. That's all I'm telling you. I'm just saying this is what the Bible says. It says, hey, do everything without complaining or arguing so that... You shine so that people see. Because see, there's no complaining in heaven. Do you think any of those angels are complaining in heaven? There's no angel complaining in heaven right now. There is no person who has gone on to glory who is complaining right now in heaven. The language of heaven does not include complaints. 
There's no complaint department in heaven. There's no box. There's no, there's no place like, hey, I don't like this kind of gold. I don't like, you know, the, God is too overwhelming. I just, can he just take a break or something? I mean, there's just, there's just no complaint box in heaven. I'm sorry. <laughs> there's no complaint box here either. Okay. <laughs> So, <laughs> we're taking that box out of the out of the foyer, okay? But here's the deal. I mean, it's 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 so simple, but it but it's so powerful that if someone begins to notice, hey, you you never complain about anything. People are going to go, "What's wrong with you, man? What's wrong with you, girl?" <laughs> They're not going to say what's wrong with you. They're going to say, "How did that happen in your life?" And especially if they begin to see it diminish in your life, they're like, wow, you're, you, you really talk a whole lot differently than you used to. Because you know what? When, I, when I'm with someone who's complaining, there's two things that happen. Number one, either I'm annoyed with you. Or I'm just thinking, oh my gosh. Now, I'm not saying it's the thought of heaven. I'm just thinking, oh, this person needs some, some help. Or I'm thinking, man, I, or I get drawn into it. Like, oh yeah, you're right. You know, our boss does stink. Man, he's really, he's not a good boss. And, ah, oh, man, he did this to me or she did this to me. And can you believe? And then we move in from complaint and we move into gossip or whatever. <laughs> and we're joining the crowd and we're like, oh, we're, there's no shining right now. There's completely dull star right now. It needs to, it needs, it's not shining. But if I'm, you know, hey, look. People will notice when you talk differently. When you talk like heaven. When you speak like heaven. I want to declare the praises of God. I want to declare the future of God over people. And I want to do that with, without grumbling and complaining. You know what? It stirs, it diminishes, excuse me, it, it, it really squishes your faith in God when you complain. Now, this is all based on, our, on being changed. This is all based on our identity. This is not like, hey, start being a better person. No, that's not, what, that's not what we're talking about today. We're talking about you've met Jesus, and now Jesus is going to put himself in you. He's going to begin to let his mouth. He just needs your, your cooperation. That's all he wants is your will to say, yes, Lord. So it may be God's just saying, hey, cut some complaining out. Cut some complaining out. Hey, all those things you need to argue about. No, 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 no. Man, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an arguer, I'm telling you. I mean, I am just, you know, I just like to help people see the right way, you know? <laughs> I mean, that's why I became a pastor, so I can sit here for 30 minutes every Sunday and tell you what's up. <laughs> and you can't say anything back, you know? <laughs> Oh, I didn't know I couldn't say anything. Okay. So, I mean, but you know what I'm saying? Where was I going with that? I want to, you know, when I'm complaining, my, I'm squishing my faith. I'm, 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 I'm squishing hope. You know, I'm, I'm placing myself to be stuck in the present and never get to God's future. 
Because I'm all about this has power over me. I mean, basically, that's what complaint is. It's, it's declaring that my situation is stronger than Jesus. It's saying this is, is more powerful in stopping me than God is getting me going. And I don't want to make that declaration with my mouth. I want to declare truth. I want to say, no, this is difficult. We're not, we're not saying you pretend and say, oh, that was really great. No, we say, I'm believing for something better. I'm believing that God is working His nature in me. I want to talk. I want to think like heaven. Let's, let's stand and pray. Father, we just thank You this day right now. And Lord, we thank You for the truth of the Scriptures. Lord, there's so many things that come out just as we read the Scriptures. Lord, as we read the truth of Your Word, God. And so we, we just invite You, Holy Spirit, to continue to stamp the image of Jesus on us because we want to speak and we want to think and we want to act in a way that people are drawn to be citizens of heaven. They're not pushed away. They're not repulsed. They're not... They're not, they're not uh, turned away, God. They are wooed. They are drawn. They, they are, there's revelation that happens, God, where they, they see something different and they want to be a part of it, Lord. And so we thank you, Jesus, that you're making us that way. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for working on the inside, God, that you are touching our minds, you're touching our emotions, you're touching our desires, our will, God, where those things don't rule us, but you rule us. You're our God, not our passions, not our emotions, not our thoughts. You're our God. And so we thank you for that, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. If you need prayer, come on up. If not, be blessed and we will see you soon.